It's Friday. It's not five o'clock. It is not Cracker Jack, but it is the last day of our week with the wonderful Chris Brindley on our Rebuilding Business series this week. Uh, really fantastic to have you, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us all week. So much that we've covered from rugby through to how do we develop teams, through to finding the motivation. You've just got such a wealth of experience. Obviously, being having been the best boss in Britain uh, and led the happiest workforce in Britain, so much that we've learned from you this week. But I'm, I'm really keen to speak to you today on Rebuilding Business just to find out a little bit more about what the future holds. Now, I know that we all talk about in leadership that actually you've got to take that time out to work on the business, not in the business. But it's crucial as we take this time at the moment to think about what are the emerging trends? What are the opportunities that will help us to future-proof our business and give us a competitive edge? Uh, discuss is my answer to that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on how do we create that future-proof opportunity? So my process, philosophy, approach, Lily, is uh, called The Three Revolutions. And I first saw a guy called Jack Black, and he's not the actor, it's uh, another Jack Black, uh, talk about The Three Revolutions in 1996. And I wrote those three revolutions down. And at the start of every meeting, uh, when I'm choosing to work on the business, not in the business, these are the three headings to write down. And uh, let, let's perhaps explore them uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, the first revolution is the technology revolution. Um, it is getting faster. Uh, we've now got artificial intelligence. The fact that we're having this uh, conversation on Zoom just shows that even in the last few months, uh, the technology revolution has come along. The iPhone is only 13 years old and already the smartphone, the iPhone is dominating people's lives across the globe. So technology is the first revolution. The second revolution is the consumer revolution, because uh, ultimately uh, it's a very, very, very different consumer environment from the one I grew up in. I grew up where shops closed half day on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and they weren't allowed to open Sundays. And the thought of buying something on Christmas Day uh, using uh, a smartphone was just the thought of science fiction. Yeah. And the third revolution is the revolution that we're currently experiencing, and that's the world order revolution. And the world order at a really local level changes when you get a new neighbor or you get a new boss. It changes at a macro level uh, when actually uh, you get a new president of the USA or you go through Brexit or as we've all experienced, the changing world order has been COVID-19 uh, in 2020. And that's what 2020 will be remembered for. So those three revolutions of technology, consumer and world order uh, are the things that I always look at when I'm working on the business, not just in it. I'm just going to throw in a curveball here because on the one hand, technology is amazing. Although I think there are so many people that have got Zoom fatigue because yeah. they've spent six hours sitting here. And rather than traveling to and from meetings, they're actually literally meeting, 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 meeting yeah. and don't have time to sort of power down, regroup and action some of the things they've agreed to. Uh, the other critical thing, I think I, I read a piece of, of, uh, of research last week that said um, that most people under the age of 30 touch their mobile phone up to 2,000 times a day. Wow, gosh. How, how, how much of an impact do you think that's having on people's health, their ability to think clearly, to take time, to plan, to organise, uh, yeah, and, and to actually live fruitful and meaningful, balanced lives. How much of an impact do you think that's having? Well, technology can be an enabler, it can be a curse. Um, and I, I always say, Lily, in any, any uh, 
situation. A strength overplayed becomes your weakness. So mm -hmm. confidence, if it's overplayed, becomes arrogance. Uh, but likewise, technology, if overplayed, be becomes a real weakness. Uh, if you take it to its ultimate level, and I won't be around to see it, I'll be, I'll be in a box uh, under the ground. Uh, ultimately, we will change our shape as human beings. Our digits uh, will change uh, how they operate. And sadly, uh, people will, will live lonelier lives because they communicate uh, and socialise through technology alone. Um, so I'm a great believer in getting the balance right. So uh, I've been really sort of clinical with, with technology, in particular Zoom. Um, if it's uh, lacking in complexity or it's low in sensitivity, I'll happily have a Zoom call. If there's a level of complexity or sensitivity, I want to get around the table. I want to be in the room. I want to look at people's nonverbal communication. I want people to uh, put post-it notes all over the wall with wonderful ideas. And in terms of health, you know, this pandemic um, has had an impact without a shadow of a doubt. And people need help from each other. Mm. Well, this latest lockdown is, is a different lockdown because it's dark nights and dark mornings. So I'm encouraging people to go out and get their fresh air and their sunlight um, during the day and not yeah. work through Zoom back to back. Yeah. Back to back meetings were a curse before technology and people shouldn't have them. People should need some quality recovery time between meetings. So I think technology is good at the right time in the right place for the right reason. It's absolutely awful if we become addicted to it like any other addiction. So please, please, please do not spend your life on technology. Because actually we, 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 we do use it and, and, and I'm absolutely with you in terms of using using it well. It's been fantastic. One of the things I have loved and that's been the less the lack of traffic on the road. It's been amazing on rush hour to be able to get from here into Manchester in 40 minutes rather than two hours. But we've, we've seen some other trends, haven't we, in terms of innovation that companies have really been driving. What else have you seen that's been useful, that's been positive? Again, I, 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 I'll just repeat what I said earlier about meetings. Uh, I can't foresee the day where everybody will commute to a city centre five days a week. Um, so so I, I'm hoping that more parents will get to drop more kids off and pick more kids up at school. Uh, I, I, I see that. Zoom has been, for me, I was, I was a Zoom person in 2017. Um, and, and, and at the start of March, there was 10 million Zoom users, Zoom users globally. By the end of May this year, there were 400 million uh, zoom users globally so, so some of the benefits uh, of technology it create it can create capacity if you use well it enables really simple things like you know i, I used to be the managing director of two banks and, and i had more um, branches in one of my regions than the whole bank now has because people can access their bank account um, all the time people can shop all the time it doesn't need to be when the traditional opening hours are of the high street so we just got to get the balance right so yeah. again for for non-complex non-sensitive stuff that i know i want i'll purchase online but i still love walking around a garden center uh smiling at people and just exploring and coming up with ideas of, of plants i might want to buy
Oh, we are people of a certain age. Um, and actually, but actually, I think that's a critical thing as well. The other thing I love, I actually, I haven't gone to online shopping with the supermarket. I know all of the girls in the supermarket that I use. I've been shopping there for 14 years. We always have a laugh and a bit of banter and people are so relational, aren't they? Yeah. We don't want to be numbers on a spreadsheet. Uh, we want that sort of trust and that relationship uh, and to feel like we're more than just a customer. How is it that we do that uh, to, that we whilst we're on this online in this online world you know and we can order christmas presents on christmas eve and still get them the following day how do we make sure as business leaders that we still build that relationship uh, and that that is a really really great question because it is about um building credits in the bank uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about relationship being like bank accounts. Uh, and actually, he talks about having a, a credit strategy where we keep putting credits in. Uh, mm -hmm. And credits are doing things well. Credits are remembering some of the small things. So tech, what technology has enabled me to do is record everybody's birthday on my smartphone. Um, and actually, I make sure that I get reminders and I let people know that I know it's their birthday and I send them greetings. And if it's a special event, I'll order something online to be delivered in the last six months because I've not been able to go personally. So it's all about how do I put credits in the relationship and, and how do I minimise the debits? So I think organisations that remember people's birthdays, um, understand the important things in life, make life easier for them. Uh, and I think it can be done with uh, colleagues, employees, whatever you want to call them uh, as well, which is how do you put credits in your relationship? How do you build trust? And trust is doing a job well done. And Hertzberg talks about motivating factors. And that's giving people something they weren't expecting um, that actually makes them feel good. And one a great example of that that I've seen uh, is Admiral Insurance, because they, without being asked, have rebated uh, a sum of money to all of their policyholders. They didn't make people apply. They just said, you're not expecting this. I'm giving you some of your money back because you've not been driving. And I think that's wonderful because I look at some banks that have packaged accounts where the offer, Lily, is based on travel abroad, whether yeah. that's free travel insurance or, you know, lounges and currency deals. Quite frankly, no one's been able to use that yeah. uh, to any great extent. I've not seen one of those banks refund any of that money back to the customer. Yeah. That's the difference. Doing something that people aren't expecting, knowing you value who they are and the business they do with you. Do that regularly. I think you'll have a relationship for life. Oh, now I can start a whole conversation now. I'm working with a, a corporate events company that uh, I was supposed to take my PA to celebrate five years of her being in the being in the business. Uh, I was taking her to the West End and we couldn't go to the West End. And we couldn't go to the restaurant. Um, I was also supposed to take my son to the Grand Prix through them. And, and they've just said, sorry, we're not interested in talking to you until these <laughs> until these things are reopened. They've been really quite negative. I won't use their name. Um, the thing I love about you, Chris, every time I, I speak to you, you've got some really very solid, not just uh, great business models, great business leaders, great business thought leaders that you refer back to, but you've also got this fantastic practical experience and this continuous quest for knowledge. So I just wanted to ask you, how do you prepare yourself for the future? What are you listening to? What are you what are you reading? Who is it that, that particularly keeps you up to date with with what's happening and, and what's the potential for the future? Uh, Lily, again, great question. Uh, I'm obsessed with the future because that's where I'm going to spend my time. 
Um, I, I learned from the past and I'd live in the present and it's about getting that, that, that balance right. But, but I actually, I'm, I'm a great fan of what are known as futurists. Um, mm. I haven't got the ability to spend all, all day, every day, thinking about the future. But there's some great futurists about, the, there's one called the ball futurist, which obviously I have an emotional connection with um, because we share hairstyles. Um, guy <laughs> Um, there's there's another one that I've looked at all, all the podcasts and uh, I've checked in with many of his uh, webinars, just like yours, Lily, mm. and that's Graham Codrington. And there's a, a local one uh, in Manchester called Tom Cheeseright. They just look at the future. They That's what they do. And they, uh, why would I try and spend all my time when I can look at that? I do read quality newspapers. I do listen to uh, what politicians say, because ultimately what they say might come policy. Um, and I'm an avid reader. Uh, I look at people who have qualities that I admire, that I might want to either be better at or even uh, just uh, grow and adapt. Um, so I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. Uh, I, when I do my daily walk, uh, there's a podcast um, and it's not music. I, I listen to some, some music for 10 or 15 minutes to get my endorphins going. But ultimately, I listen to people who I want to be like uh, and who I want to learn from. And I do that. And, and that that means I choose how I use my time um, really carefully. So I can tell you what Graham Codrington's thinking at the moment. Sadly, I can't tell you um, who's topical on Love Island because I've never watched it and I never will. <laughs> I, I don't know that there is a Love Island this year, but um, no, it's, it's not my thing. I watch a lot of comedy. Uh, I love the way that people make connections. So I, I do love Mock the Week. Um, I really enjoy Would I Lie to You? you know, again, that's igniting the dopamine. But the other thing that I'm, I've taken... Uh, I've started to take stock of because I used to be I am an avid reader and I used, yeah, would just kind of skim through and go what are the critical lessons of that um, and what yeah how can I apply that to business or situations that I'm working at the moment I've, I've taken to slow reading and what I mean by slow reading is really digesting a chapter and then at the end of every chapter going so what yeah. what does this mean for my clients who will this help or how will this even help my, my business you know we're 20 years in business this year coming um and i think that's one of the the great things i love also about walking isn't it how do we make sure that we don't get so engaged with the dashing to the next thing and the next thing that we don't forget to soak stuff up in the here and now oh absolutely and and every time you listen or read i think what you do there Lily, is brilliant which is um, so what does it, what does it mean? What have I learned, and how can I share the learning with somebody else? So if if you ever uh, borrowed a book off me, you would find it, it would be highlighted in lots of different pages and with lots of scribbles on it uh, on the page and on the spare page at the back with lots of action points. And ultimately, I go through theirs and share with others. So you're absolutely right. It's not there just for entertainment. There should be some learning from it. And, you know, I'm not saying I don't watch any television. I watch documentaries. I watch a lot of sport, obviously. But I'm always looking for the lessons, uh, yeah. not just the entertainment. And I think that's probably a good way of uh, being prepared for the future. Brilliant. Now, Chris, I, I, just as we wrap up for the week, and it's just been a fascinating week, really insightful and wonderful to talk to you. Uh, prediction for next year's World Cup Rugby League then? Who's winning? Well, um, I've got two hats and I've, I've got to be uh, true to both. As the chair of the uh, Rugby League World Cup 2021, I will be absolutely independent and say I want the best team to win, uh, but I also want it to be the best ever World Cup. I'm also the senior non-executive director for the Rugby Football League, uh, who are responsible for England Rugby League. Um, so I would like the three tournaments, uh, the men's to be won by England, 
at the women's to be won by England and the rugby league wheelchair world cup to be won by England. Um, England haven't won the men's uh, in almost 50 years. So I, I think being played in the cool north, the final's going to be at Old Trafford for the men and women on the same day, the wheelchair the night before in Liverpool, two brilliant cities. Uh, so I'm looking for uh, England to lift all three cups as the rugby football league director and it for to be the most engaging, inclusive tournament in any sporting history uh, as the chair of the Rugby League World Cup 2021. And uh, I'll have to take you to a game because we've got some great games down the road at Warrington. Oh, I'd love, love, love to go. Yeah, and I'd love to see that that stadium packed to the rafters. Uh, now, I just think it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, it's brilliant that we're, we're just on the cusp of this, everybody getting vaccinated. So here's to an incredibly successful World Cup. And thank you for a wonderful week. It's been brilliant to spend time oh, with you. Lovely. Thank you for the opportunity to, to talk with you and share with, uh, with your listeners and your viewers uh, some of the great work you're doing as well. So thank you. Thank you. Brilliant to see you. Take care. Good luck. Cheers. All the best. Cheers.